Welcome to Enhanced Living. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. Enhanced Living is all about becoming the best version of ourselves and growing to be exactly who we were meant to become. Now, I've been through so many ups and downs in my life, and the one thing that I've learned is that there's always a next step to take on our path and our journey in this life. No matter how successful you currently are, there's always a way to be a better version of you. This podcast is all about figuring out that process. Through my own insights and interviews with extraordinary people, I hope you'll be inspired to evolve and become the best version of yourself. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to Enhanced Living. So I first want to thank you all for joining today. And my guest on today's episode is is someone who I really just met just a few moments ago. And she already has something in common with me that if you've been listening to the show, you know that my whole life I've been able to pick up on other people's feelings, emotions. I'm kind of like a human lie detector where if someone's lying to me, they they think they're getting away with it and oftentimes I'll let them, but I always know. And that's because I've always been an empath. Now, a lot of people may not understand what that means and, and may not even believe that that's a thing, but I can assure you that it absolutely is. Now, my guest today is the author of Becoming an Empowered Empath. She's the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies and has been helping people develop their intuition and experience personal transformation for over two decades. Wendy DeRosa is on the show with me today. Wendy, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Adam. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's the honor is mine. So <laughs> let's start off here. I want to start with uh, what it means to be an empath and and when you knew, because I know that you are as well. So let's let's open up there. Yeah, it's really interesting because I honestly didn't know I was an empath until much later in my, you know, sort of my quote unquote career, you know, my intuitive development. And um, so it really only in the past maybe seven or eight years have I become attuned and aware of this word empath. And um, but early on in life, I've been an intuitive healer for 26 years. And, and, and in childhood, I was overly sensitive. I was taking on the energy of everyone around me. I was a, you know, I was a, um, the oldest girl in a family of uh, eight kids. I had an older brother, but um, there was a lot of responsibility. There was a lot of um, emotions <laughs> there. I was a sponge. And so I would soak up everything and it developed anxiety. It developed depression. Um, I grew, I, I gained a lot of weight as a child. Um, I would feel everything. And then it progressed into my teenage years into deeper or, you know, more extreme anxiety to a point of a nervous breakdown when I was 19 years old. And, um, and, and I didn't know at the time that I was very intuitive. And I, I what I explain in my book is that I, you know, there's the seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing, and I had all of those activated at the same time, which really means I was incredibly overwhelmed, you know, and, and energetically. And so, um, so yeah, so I just uh, developed my, I learned how to develop my intuition in my early twenties. I learned to acknowledge, I found out that I had this ability and this gift. And as I turned to it, I started to practice as a healer, I'm giving you a very abridged version of the story, but I developed as a healer and really, I mean, here, this 
you know, this is 26 years later, 25 years later, the, the empath component actually started to accelerate, accelerate for me in combination with everything that was going on in the planet. And there's so much trauma that was rising, so much awakening and unearthing that was occurring collectively. And as people were having these experiences of oversensitivity, and as I was having these experiences, I started to really recognize what was going on in our energy body that was enabling the overwhelm, but also what we could be doing to help prevent the overwhelm, you know, from understanding more of our energy body. So, yeah. It's really interesting because I know that for myself, at least, you know, growing up, um, just being able to feel what other people are feeling and not even knowing that you're taking on something from somebody else. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who are probably going, well, that that's not that's not possible, right? And my answer to that has always been, well, I mean, do you believe in science? And the answer is always yes. And I say, well, science has proven that everything is energy. And so if everything's energy, then energetic fields and bodies are, are interacting with each other. And so in my in my belief system, at least, you know, we're able to pick up on other people's energy, but everyone has that ability. It's just some people are born with it turned on. So can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can talk about it in relation to our energetic anatomy, which is that when it's interesting because one of the first senses that develops in the womb is the empathic sense. I mean, this is how we are able to orient in our, you know, sort of enclosed environment here. We feel, we feel what's going on. We feel the vibration. We feel the emotion We're we're sentient beings in the energetic anatomy. There is um, we have our, you know, we have our central channel and we have our embodied chakras. We have seven embodied chakras and The empathic power center in the body is the second chakra, which is in the pelvis. Mm. The root chakra is beneath that at the tailbone. The second chakra, its job is to feel everything that's going on on the subtle level. And that power center, it relates on on an intuitive sense, it, it, it relates to our clairsentience. The, the ability to feel energy. So um, we, we inherently, everyone has a second chakra. It's just that sometimes we go through life experiences very early on where we're either very deeply connected in this area of the body or, or we might be protected from that area of our body. And so this clairsentient power, this empathic power in the body is is the ability to feel what's going on on the subtle level. What ends up happening for for people is that we we live with a particular conditioning. So basically what happens is when we're born, we're born into the root chakra experience in our tailbone. And that's the power center there. And it's the it's the foundation for our sense of belonging and our survival and our basic needs and our bonding with our family. It's essentially the energy we marinate in as a a child, zero to seven years old. Well, in that time period, we are unconsciously internalizing what is spoken and non-spoken in our system and our system is our family system or our societal system and we learn how to belong and survive and orient and sort of 
you know, attach in, in that system. Well, if I'm raised in an environment where that system has a lot of fear-based programming, you know, children are meant to be seen, not heard, and no, you can't be yourself. And even if those words weren't spoken, sometimes that we get that impression, or, you know, no, you know, there isn't going to be enough. We internalize all of that information as who I am is not okay. I don't belong here in this family of origin, or I'm, I'm the odd child. I'm the ugly duckling. I'm the black sheep, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm the odd one out here. And, or I can't, um, I can't bond in this system. Well, what ends up happening is the root chakra starts to contract in the body and it does so to preserve a sense of safety. It does so to adopt uh, sort of survival tactics. And so what will end up happening is the second chakra will open up. That's our empathic power center. It opens up in order to be highly attuned to everything else that's going on around us in our environment and to pay attention to other people's emotions and their energy so that we know how to exist in that space. And that is our, that is the empath's default. It's our, it's the moment our system goes from grounding sense of safety, belonging into hypervigilance. And we might live in that second chakra hypervigilance for the majority of our life because that's normal. That was survival. That was necessary. So when we think about empaths, you know, empaths, they, the, the, the definition of an empath is someone who feels the, the energy of other people through their sentient being. But where I empaths end up identifying with I'm empathic, therefore I take on the energy of others. But that's not necessarily the empath. That's being overly empathic because there is a there is a, a um, sort of some conditioning in the lower chakras that are telling the universe and the world around us that, you know, I'm open here. I'm not embodied here. I it's not okay for me to be myself here. So I'm going to live a little higher in my body and be high functioning up here and evolve just fine and no, you know, heart opens and, you know, evolution happens, but there's a, there's a, there's a cutoff or there's a fragmentation, a disembodiment in these lower chakras and people are becoming activated in their empathic nature because we're being invited to know about this area of our body, to drop in and to become more grounded in, in our lower chakras specifically. Wow. There was, there was a lot to unpack there. Um, I know. It's, it's, well, it's, it's really interesting because as you're talking, I'm, 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 I'm literally flashing back to points in my own childhood and, and understanding certain things. Um, one of the things I wanted to, you know, kind of interject with, which is, you know, so obviously, okay, so the root chakra will, you know, contract, which then opens you up in your second chakra. And if you, you can live that way and then continue to evolve through the, the upper chakras, but what ends up happening is you're not grounded. And so you can become super, super flighty and, you know, head in the clouds, but you have to plant your feet on the ground in order to be, you know, whole. And so 
Uh, I know for me personally, there was a long time where I would just take it on and take it on and take it on. And then once I once I did my yoga and Ayurveda, uh, Ayurveda teacher training and really started doing the work, I mean, I started meditating when I was 18. And, and when I really started doing the work, I, I felt, you know, the whole idea, the whole concept is to open the chakras, all of them, to to examine them and to to really go within, right? And I find that when you are able to do that, right, which is simple as, as it's as simple as a visualization technique, right, through meditation, but I find that I've, I've been able to now still feel what other people are feeling, still be able to tell it, but I don't take it on anymore. So it's not, it's not something where like, if you're sad, I can, I'll feel it and, 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 but then I'll just be like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. I don't need to take it on. Let me be there for you and help you through this. If, if, if it so happens to be the point of doing it, right? So what would you recommend for people who are sitting there going, but I'm taking on everything. I'm taking on everything. How do I, how do I, because it's not, it's not easy to live that way, you know, yeah. when you're taking on everything around you. So what it's interesting is what you're describing, which is so beautiful. That's like, that's the power of the empath, being able to be with yourself, be grounded in yourself. And we, we get there through our personal practices. We get there through deep healing work. We get there by knowing ourselves more deeply and doing, doing the self-healing work. We have more of a sense of ourselves literally in the lower chakras, like literally the lower central channel of the body opens up with more vibrancy and light as we start to embody and live in our in our system. And then we're able to be present for one of the, the powers of the um, of, of the empath is to be able to hold space and to say, well, this person's going through a difficult time. I'm, I, you know, I, I have empathy for them, but I'm not taking it into my body. That's that space holding quality. Now, for someone who might feel like this is absolutely overwhelming, I am, you know, I, I get fatigued really easily. I have digestive issues. Um, I just feel overwhelmed. I can't even separate myself from other people sometimes what it's what I would this is what I would recommend because and I wish I could say it's quick and it's it's the work and what it is is that the the consciousness in the lower body has been so first chakra tailbone second chakra pelvis third chakra solar plexus these are the areas, these are the power centers in our body where we carry an immense amount of history and immense amount of our human experiences and our condition conditioning, and also maybe what we came into this world with. So we carry so much in that area of the body. Now, how do we process that information? Some of it might be through therapy, you know, talk therapy and processing childhood and, you know, finding more sense of self and, and, and what, I, I'm, you know, obviously I'm in the, the field of energy healing. So the other, per, another perspective is that we start to become very aware of what we're holding in the first three power centers of the body. And that might require getting to know those power centers. You know, what, are, what is the first chakra? What is its power? And what is its, you know, what's its imbalance? Second chakra, same thing. What is the power of this area of my body? So when we start to understand that there is actually 
power in the lower chakras. Specifically, we start to embody more of our presence and our boundaries strengthen through the, the consciousness of light and self radiating from the center of the body. You know, there's this really common tool. I'm going to put some light around me and shield off the world. And I, that's a wonderful band-aid. It will work for a period of time, maybe a day. <laughs> it's not the deeper fix or it's not the deeper transformation of embodying more of who, who we're here to be. That work is, is again, our, our, our healing in the lower half of our bodies. I'm I'm with you 100% of the way as again as as you're talking I'm going well okay so if you end up in a place where the 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 root chakra contracts and you all of a sudden have to your 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 second chakra opens up and you're picking up on everything and you're feeling everything well to me logically that goes well great now your third chakra is going to come in and try to take control of every situation because you've been you know, wronged in certain ways. And so I just want to tie this into, um, cause I know that this is something that I've dealt with in my life and I've, I've, I've overcome, or I shouldn't say I've overcome it. I'm working on dealing with my own personal control issues. Um, and that's something that I have no problems sharing because, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we're all on a journey, uh, to evolve and become the best version of ourselves. That's exactly the point of this whole show. So, you know, the idea here is simply is simply that, you know, for people who are out there who don't necessarily understand how to think energetically, it doesn't have to be, you don't, it doesn't have to be woo-woo mumbo jumbo kind of craziness. It's not, it's, it's as simple as, okay, this is the trauma that I'm dealing with. This is what happened in my past, but hold on, let me go back and try to see this from all angles. The person who wronged me, where were they coming from at that point? Do I have to take this personally? Was this even about me? Oh my God, no, it wasn't. Okay, can I let this go? Is this still happening? Is No, it's not. You're now in this present moment. So how can you go back and heal that, that past thing that happened and, and allow it to be just released. And once you do that, it's it's like this amazing epiphany where you are actually healing the energetic body because you're releasing that negative block or that energy that was stuck there. But as you said, you know, going to therapy can help you figure out what the issue was in the first place. And so to me, at least, when I think about energetic healing and then psychological healing, and all, it all goes hand in hand. I mean, essentially, when you heal one part of you, you're healing that part both mentally, emotionally, and energetically, if, if you're doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting as you're, as you're talking, because we're, I mean, it's so power. Yes. I so appreciate everything you're sharing. The, um, my, you know, my awareness, when I, we talk about the, the chakra system, and again, I, I, I realize that can be a little woo woo in some, you know, in some, um, if you're not familiar or accustomed to the chakras, but I also want to say this is that our spiritual anatomy, which is the energetic system, underlies the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So our nervous system responses in life are re reacting or responding to our sensory experience outside of us, but also to the imprinting that we have we are carrying on a soul level. And that might be, again, childhood experiences. It might be experiences that we come into this world with. One of them, which is very predominant in our society and culture right now, um, and I'm going to make a big generalization here, but 
It's the suppression of what I'm going to call the feminine energy, mm. whether it's not whether male, female, binary. I mean, it's not gender. It is the quality of the intuitive, the subtle, the vulnerable, the, con- the, the ability to have connected conversation, the, the sensuality, the creativity, the sexuality. It's also the, the, this aspect of the feminine is also the power of our emotions, ranging from rage all the way to bliss and elation and allowing ourselves to have that full spectrum. But what's happened, and this is what happens for empaths, is that, it, it, generally speaking here, is that we have lived with societal shaming of the feminine or the second, the feminine is also second chakra, which is the empathic power center. It's uh, the feminine has been suppressed on um, for, for, you know, for men and women, for people who are, you know, in tuned with their own nature and their own emotions and their own creative process. And we've been told you can't pay the bills with that, or, you know, you, you don't, you know, you're going to, I'm going to punish you if you're angry or, you know, men don't, boys don't cry. You know, we get that, 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 um, conditioning those teachings and so we start to live with an internalized suppression or oppression of our sensitivity and of our you know our our, our, I call it the feminine nature we have masculine energy in us too again no matter the gender so this power gets suppressed in the body and we 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 have to you know, many people have to feel the shame on the way to the emotion. Like I can't even have my anger or my grief because I feel shame that I even have anger or grief. I must be a bad person. We have to process that layer just to get to the feeling. But when we get into allowing ourselves to have that true nature, that ability to be vulnerable, those connected conversations, being okay with having a feeling, we start to start to own our own emotions and allow people to have their emotions. And that creates boundaries that allows me to have myself as someone is having, you know, their experience. I can feel, you know, the, the being subjective here, I can be subjective rather than transference and mergey. That happens when I've, when I've lived with the teachings that emotions are not okay. And I have to shut down, fight, flight, or freeze, nervous system, disassociate, disconnect. The second my nervous system is activated in those ways, because I'm scared of feelings, the second transference happens energetically. Yeah, it's I mean, there's there's so much that you said there that I that I want to address. And I'm I'm probably only going to hit on a couple things. But, you know, I, I was reading about um, the chakra systems. And, and I don't remember where I read this. But, you know, scientifically, they've shown I think it was actually Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, you know, they've shown that each chakra in the body is it corresponds to an actual nerve bundle. In other words, there's a bundle of nerves that controls that, that part of your body. So you know, if you're thinking of it from like, well, I believe in science, great. Well, in each point where there's a chakra in your system or in your body, there's a bundle of nerves that controls a certain aspect of your life. And if you don't, if you have a blockage there, you're going to run into issues uh, physically in the body, 
with the with the area that the chakra is no is 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 blocked with okay or or having issues with so so if you I, again i always like to bring it back to science because to me they're one and the same and so i know that there are certain people who who kind of look at it and go but i don't no 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 give me the well okay no no, no here's the science this is this is what it is just the same way that everything is energy and if you were to able to put on you know energy goggles that would allow you to see only energy you'd look around and see just a gigantic pulsating mass of energy everywhere you look. That's all you would see with maybe individuated points of consciousness, but that's exactly what we are. So I think it's, I think it's very relevant to say that and to, to allow people to understand that, you know, when you think of a chakra, you know, some people think, well, is it like a dot of light outside of my body? No, it's an actual energy center in the body. And so I just kind of wanted to point that out. And as well, you know, in yoga, we talk about, uh, you know, the Shiva and the Shakti, right? We're made up of two parts. We have the feminine and the masculine. And the idea with yoga is, well, yoga means union. It's about merging with the with the eternal consciousness, right? But at the same time, it's about balancing the Shiva and the Shakti within the body, which is the male and the female or the masculine and the feminine. Again, not talking gender, talking about the energies that you were discussing earlier, which is, it's very, very simple. We all have both of it in our bodies. We all have all of it. So the idea is, and I think that in the US specifically, there is a, a, a huge suppression of the feminine energy and in, in a lot of places in the world, but there are other places in the world where it's not so much the same, right? So it just, it, it does depend. But at the end of the day, if you're going to become a whole and, and, and complete human being, you have to embrace all of it. You have to understand that your emotions are basically your, your guidance system. If you're feeling off, you have to pay attention to that because something's going on in your life that you need to correct. Now, I want to I want to shift real quick because your book is called The Empowered Becoming an Empowered Empath, right? So, I wanted to ask because I mean, from my perspective, I understand where this is coming from, but for someone who's looking on the outside and and looking in going, "Well, does that mean if I'm feeling everybody's feelings that I'm that I'm unempowered?" And and what why why empowered empath and I, I i feel like i know the answer i just i want i want you to describe it absolutely so the dis, the disempowered experience of the empath is the things i've mentioned like i am taking everything into my body i'm starting to become symptomatic headaches migraines um energetic overwhelm fatigue i you know cry at the drop of a hat. If I, you know, I, I'm having a conversation with someone and I walk away feeling terrible and they walk away feeling great. I mean, these are all sort of symptoms that empaths will talk about, but they're also in symptoms that are basically saying the energy, I have this field of energy around me. My, my, my boundary doesn't stop at my skin. It actually, I have this field around my body. We call it the auric field. And energy is transferring into it, and I'm not able to hold that. And so, being an empowered empath is the is the process of again embodying our lower power center. So it means being grounded in our sense of knowing, in who we are, in why we're here, perhaps what our greater mission is, that we're also embodying so much of the presence in our lower body that we end up, and this is again energetic, but this is part of the energetic anatomy in which the the, the central channel comes all the way down to the tailbone. And when we radiate from the center of our being, because we're doing that healing work or because we're aware of it, we are 
empowered to be, be present. We don't disconnect from ourselves, our needs. We don't override our own intuition because someone else's energy might be bigger or dominant. Instead, we hold our sense of presence and we are not um, living the subconscious fear that you know we're taking on other people's energy or that we're going to be disempowered by other people. We're shifting our relationship with energy out there in which you are taking up space and holding your energetic center. And that in itself is is an inner foundation around being empowered and having boundaries energetically. I, I love that. And I think a lot of people, you, you know, whether they know that they have this empathic ability or not, I think they'd benefit from just reading the book in, in and of itself, just because, you know, you, you, you delve into so many things that you can learn about yourself, um, regardless of whether you're in the place where you're already feeling it or not. So just, just a quick little recommendation and we'll, you know, we'll put all the information in the show notes below. And of course, um, you know, Wendy, before we, before we wrap up later, I'll have you let everyone know where they can find you and how they can work with you if it's something that they feel that they need. So I want to, I want to touch on, on something because you had mentioned, um, just before that, you know, sometimes like someone will come and talk to you and then they walk away feeling great and you walk away feeling terrible. And so for me, this is, I remember reading about energy vampires a long time ago, and a lot of people don't realize that they do this. It's, there's so many different kinds, like the person who comes to you with problems all the time, and then you solve the problem and they feel great, but you're just completely drained. And so, um, can we touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So it's interesting because I, you know, I'm, I, I, I've written, made like videos about this. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the term mm -hmm. energy vampire, even though I know, I, I know what it means. We all know what that means, the experience of having it, but deep down what, and this happens for empaths, certainly, and people who carry a wisdom, a consciousness inside. And then people see that consciousness is that an individual who might be determined as like an energy vampire might be somebody who is in deep need on some level inside themselves, deep unmet need. And usually that deeper unmet need is some aspect of love. Either it's validation, it's a sense of belonging, it's a sense of okayness. And sometimes that, in, that person needs something in that moment. And so they might be coming, we might be having this conversation and, they're, and you're feeling their need, you're feeling the pull from their need. Well, if we're someone who is, who is grounded in ourselves and carrying particular wisdom for that individual, one of the most powerful ways that we can support someone who is in deep energetic need in that way, or unmet, maybe emotional need in that way. And I love this exercise for myself and, and for people, which is that I end up visualizing a shower of light for them while I'm talking to them, literally, and, and, and sometimes I'll use the word prayer, I will pray for them right in front of me, or visualize the shower of light. And that shower of light is meeting them in their body where they need it. And it's not pulling from me in my energy where I need it. And it's an energetic tool that can be really beneficial because I, I mean, I think all of us, and maybe I'm again, generalizing here, but all of us on some level have been in a place of emotional need. 
you know, all of us have been in a deprivation on some level, and we might have been an energy vampire to somebody in our 20s or in our teenage years or whatever it might be. And that might be, again, an extreme way of saying it. But when we think about the nature of how we have inner and unmet needs and how we reach for them from people, we sometimes need that information, but what would it feel like if somebody was praying for us or someone was, you know, calling in a shower of light for us that may, again, might sound woo-woo, but truly the sentient body feels this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so as we lean back into it and just have this conversation and we're silently giving the message to the person that you have this source. You don't need it. I, you know, it's not from me. You don't need it from me. You have it. Then we're, we're not coming from ego and we're allowing them to be connected to their own grounding and their own, their own channel of divinity. So, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, and I do agree that, you know, we, we all have the power to uh, a channel and be visualizing visualization in and of itself is just such a powerful thing. So whether again, and I always tie it back to everything is energy. So if you're visualizing something, that thought is an energetic entity in and of itself. It has its own um, energetic charge, right? Anytime you think something, and if you speak it, it makes the it makes it stronger. And if you feel really strongly about it, that's as like so. When you're trying to create an, a circumstance in your life, I always tell people, look, if you're if you're feeling something or if you if you think about it and it makes you happy and you, you then verbalize it and then you just keep you don't have to verbalize it to anybody. But what you're doing is you're creating an, a ball of energy that's going out and it's going to expand and, and, and expand until it becomes your reality. And for people to understand that, I, I know a lot of the way we live on this plane is. Well, if we see it, we believe it. If it's physical and we can touch it, then it's real. But if we think it, it's not really real until we hold it in our hands, right? And so that's where people have the, that's where faith comes in, of course. So it's just, it's just really interesting because I haven't heard that, that specific method of, you know, see them being showered in light uh, while you're talking to the person who it feels like there's a, there's a drain. And, and I know that, you know, you, you don't like the term energy vampire, but it is something that people understand instantly. They're just like, oh yeah, that's the person who's always, always, they always feel like it always feels like they're taking something, you know? And I don't believe that any, most of them don't, they don't intend to drain you of your energy. They don't intend to, as you said, it's, it's more coming from a place of need. And so it's just, it's just interesting. And I, I think that that's, that's kind of what you're talking about when you're setting boundaries, right? When you talk about boundaries in the book, it's about understanding that yes, you can feel things. Yes, you can, um, you can, you can see or feel things that other people don't ne are not necessarily open to, but you can set your boundaries so that it doesn't, it doesn't detract from you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can certainly exactly set your boundaries. You can ground yourself as we ground ourselves in our legs, in our feet, in our body. We are more deeply connected to our own gut, our own intuition. We'll make the appropriate decisions, choices. We'll gravitate towards things that will support us uh, if we're if we're practicing grounding, you know, we'll be more aligned in, in who we are. So, yeah. I want to circle back to something real quick because, you know, earlier on you had said that if, if someone is feeling in their childhood, like they, they don't belong, or there's, there's a little insecurity with respect to their physical environment or, you know, and that's what causes the, the root chakra to contract. And then they become more empathic because they move into the second chakra. Um, do you think that, and again, I, you know, 
I guess I'll, I'll just go with this. But, you know, as someone who's, I've, I've never really felt like I fit in anywhere, like ever. Um, you know, I fit with my wife. I, I know that, you know, in, in that respect, but I, I find often going out into society that I, that I, I mean, I don't meet this, this standard typical definition of, you know, a man, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm very in tune with my emotions. I'm very happy to, uh, talk to people. I, I get along very well with women instantly. Uh, I can have conversations with them for a very long time. I have a lot of, I have historically speaking, had more trouble uh, forging male relationships because a lot of the times I'll meet people or guys and, and, you know, they're not as open as I am. And so for me, and instead of knocking back a beer and, and, you know, doing something stereotypically male, I'd rather just have a conversation and be like, how, how are you doing? Like, what's going on? Talk to me. What, what are your hopes, dreams and, and aspirations? Can we manifest this, you know, for you? And, you know, that's kind of, so I know there's a question in here, I promise, <laughs> which is, no, I love it. <laughs> do, do you think that it stems from a contracted uh, root chakra from the beginning? Or do you think that some people are just, just sometimes just different born into a place where, you yeah, know, I think, I mean, what you're describing is actually way uh, more of an awakening in the second chakra, meaning like more of that um, integration of masculine and feminine more feminine in your in your system, but integrated with the masculine. Um, with root chakra contraction, I'm more referring to um, in deep internalized fears that prevent an individual from feeling a sense of attachment and belonging. Mm. I mean, what you described is, um, yes, I'm not, you know, I've, I've always felt different than I've never felt like I've had fully belonged, but people who are more integrated in their masculine and feminine and on that empathic connector and sort of broadcasting to the world level sometimes are ahead of the curve. And so you might be someone who's just more further along in your evolution to where, you know, the people in your environment where growing up, you were just, you had, you just had more um, consciousness. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm presuming here, but right. But that could, it, it's very possible where it's not necessarily a problem. It's more your gift and it's coming into your gift and understand, you know, and being your gift in the world that, you know, integrates it. And then you find your sense of belonging through that integration of your gift. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, and again, I don't, I'm the only reason I'm using myself as an example is because I'm having the conversation with you. Otherwise, I would, you know, I would generalize it. But, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, I, I never like I'm, I'm now as, as where I am in my life at this moment in time, very much comfortable in my own skin, very much happy with who I am have no, you know, there's no I, but I used to be very insecure. In fact, I was actually just talking about this with my wife last night. We were having this conversation, um, you know, just about, you know, growth and evolution and, and growing together. And, you know, which I always find that if you can, I mean, this is totally kind of a, a left turn here, but if you're in a relationship with someone that you can grow with, that is one of the most important things and one of the most amazing things that you can experience because, you know, a lot of people, again, with yoga, we talk about the chakras, right? And the, and the, the root chakra is, is that grounding that, that, you know, again, like you said, your needs, your, your, your instant needs of, you know, food, shelter, clothing, uh, security, right? The second chakra is about energy and creation, right? Which a lot of people get stuck in there, um, with respect to sexual desires and they'll, they'll bounce from person to person because 
they're just they're just outputting constantly, right? For lack of a better word, um, although I guess it's apt. So and then and then once you get to the third chakra, it's about control. And then when you get to the heart chakra, that's about you know understanding other people and and caring and 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 really getting into that love space. Your throat chakra is about your communication. Third eye, you know, becomes all about seeing and knowing and understanding. And then your your crown chakra is about that that you know union with with source. So when you can evolve with someone through the chakra system, right? When you can kind of mm -hmm. go, all right, these these chakras are open. They're the energy is flowing and and it's going up and down that center channel, the shishumna in yoga, right? Which um, that's that that's that main channel. That's that's what you're driving the energy up. We say, you know, you know, raising that energy from the root to the third eye. You're trying to push the energy up instead of out the second chakra, right? So. Um, the point that I'm trying to make here, which got lost in this crazy long-winded <laughs> analogy, is essentially that when you can evolve with somebody, you can you can kind of get that 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 security, that sense of of self, right? Which is which is not selfish. It's that sense of okay, I am me. I'm comfortable with me. I'm still gonna feel other people's things, but I'm gonna be there to um, not take it on and to assist and to help others, right? So, yeah, you know, it's interesting in what you're saying again, and I keep coming back to sort of, so I've worked with a lot of people who have, who, um, relate to being an empath and, and sensitive and, and, um, the, one of the patterns of it is that empaths will get into relationships and then lose themselves, lose like the, the, you know, the, it's their sense of safety, well-being sense of self will be dependent on what the other person is thinking, feeling, doing. And essentially it's codependency mm -hmm. that ends up forming in, in, in and that's the, and, and so we end up literally corded chakra to chakra. And that's that non-evolutionary part that we start to, you know, recorded energetically to where I need to, I need, I need to take care of this person, you know, or I need to feel what's going, because that's going to make me feel good if I take care of them. But what you're describing is different. You're describing what happens when you are in a, a, a dynamic where the other individual can hold is, is doing their spiritual work or healing work or therapeutic work, whatever you're doing your work. I mean, again, I'm just using you as an example, but <laughs> two people, you know, the other person is also, you know, has their ideas, their process, they, they have their sense of self and how relationships can grow through each individual being connected to their own, their own personal needs, to their own grounding, to their own spiritual evolution, to their own sense of self. That's where, that's where we shift out of, I am overly empathic and merging in a in a codependent dynamic versus, you know, th this is my, this is my life partner. And in this life partnership, we are becoming our best individual selves by keeping a pulse on self and the relationship. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and, you know, I, I just want to add, you know, before I ask you, um, you know, my final question and at the risk of dating myself, of course, but Jerry Maguire had it all wrong with the whole, you complete me thing. And it's, it's, oh, yeah. you know, and I, I always laugh because, because it's the most unhealthy codependent kind of place that you could be in with the, you, you should not be looking to someone to complete you. And I can tell you straight away as someone who is, 
uh, and has been empathic my entire life, I have lost myself in so many relationships. And you can only do it for so long because eventually, you know, six months, a year down the road, or even a year and a half, if you're lucky to make it that far, you start to realize, but I'm not happy with this. This is not serving me in any way, shape, or I'm doing everything that has to do with them and nothing to, so, you know, I, I always say to people, if you're in a relationship, you'll know it's healthy because you're two complete individuals coming together to be together and to grow and evolve together. And if you put your spiritual connection first, and of course, yes, there should be a physical attraction. Yes, there should be, you know, the physical side of it too. That's part of it. But if you put the spiritual side first, and if you put that spiritual growth together first so that you can grow through all the BS that was programmed in for whatever reason or whatever it was, if you can break through that, that karma, that's the real relationship. That's the real work. That's when you have, as you said, a partner through life to evolve and grow together, which I think is just, it's, it's, it's such an amazing thing when you can find that. And so many people are like, well, but doesn't it get hard? I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course it gets hard. What do you mean? That's the work. It can be very, very difficult. But when you have a partner on the path to go, hey, listen, I see your BS and that's fine. Fix it. Fix it. Go deal with it because I'm not going to put up with it. So you need to figure out how to fix that. I love you. I'm here for you 100%. But stop making the same mistake over and over again. And that's really what it comes down to. And then you do the same for that other person. I think that's just invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And even for anyone who's feeling like, I wish I could have that partnership <laughs> that is trying, I, you know, I have a lot of uh, empathy for, you know, people who are looking for that partnership. And, and, and I mean, I think that the, the, the best advice that I can give is, to, and it sounds so cliche to say this, but to continue to love yourself mm -hmm. and continue to nurture what you need and continue to you know, listen to your heart and what's going to fuel you and, and give you life and inspiration and go for those things. Because when you do that, you awaken your, your deeper, truer you. And that ends up like, that's what ends up bringing us into right relationship in, in our, you know, all of our, our personal and intimate relationships. I couldn't agree with you more about that. That is 100% true. My experience mm -hmm. as well. I mean, I didn't meet my wife until I, I literally was at the point where I was like, I don't care if I ever get married. I don't care if I ever, I'm, it's going to be fine. I'm just happy doing my own thing. Two weeks later, we met and that was the end of that story. So, or the I beginning. the same I, experience. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was she, almost 40 and I had a child all at, at I had, a, I was holding my four month old at my 40th birthday. I mean, I was, I was an older mother and I met my partner not too long before that. And my, yeah, later, you know, later in life, but it was after throwing my hands up and saying, I'm done. That's I, I will, I know why I'm here. I'm here to do spiritual work. I'm not here to have a relationship. Thank you, God. I got the mission. <laughs> and then boom, it happened. <laughs> That's the way it goes. And that is really it. It's it, you know, what you, what you're searching for and trying to do is always elusive. But as soon as you stop trying and as soon as you start realizing like, you know what, I surrender, it's all good. That's when everything yeah. starts to come in, which I think is brilliant. So totally. with, yes. with that, I wanna ask you, um, if you had one tip of advice for my listeners to help them live enhanced and to become the best version of themselves, what would you say that one bit of advice would be? Especially, and I wanna gear this towards those who are picking up on people's feelings and who are empathic. My one piece of advice is to ground yourself this little extended ground yourself and listen to your intuition because chaos ensues when we don't. 
So listen to your intuition, tune into your body, your heart, your mind, your lower body, and feel, listen to that inner voice. And because it will, it, 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 it guides you, it tells you what you need. So that would, that would be my advice. I love it. That's wonderful. Wendy, can you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to my website. It's wendyderosa.com. I also am the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies. So that is schoolofintuitivestudies.com, either of those places. Amazing. All of it will be down in the show notes. Wendy, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Oh, thank you so much, Adam. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living. If you enjoyed what you heard today, share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, kindly subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Have a great day.